brought about what we were supposed to be doing. And um, I I don't know. <laughs> so um, I just have a feeling as well that our audio wasn't working here. I just saw on the screen that an audio port that I thought we were relying on was uh, not on, and I think I just turned it on. So some of you may have uh, thought that we weren't broadcasting anymore. This is crazy. This is a really unusual broadcast. I've been talking for the past 10 minutes about different things that we have faced when we've gone out in ministry and um, why sometimes things work and sometimes they don't seem to work. I don't understand um, what, what, that, what that means, the difference between the two. However, maybe this broadcast is an example. And so I just proclaim over our network that um that we are um that we are um <laughs> that we're experiencing something real time concerning what um what God is wanting to do so uh let's see it's uh it's always fun to be behind the mic and also be doing technical things as well. Um, I I just pray that God will help us. I I pray that in future the things that we try to do will be will be effective. And I I pray that I pray that the Lord will will keep us um, in the center of what He's asking us to do. And so I'm hoping that you can hear me now. I'm being told that um, I'm I'm being told that folks can't hear me. I don't know whether that has been corrected now or not. So, um, <sighs> i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a few announcements, and then uh, I'm going to let you all go. We are going to have, um, on Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock Dallas time, Just we'll be broadcasting a candlelight service some of you that has meaning for um and so we're gonna enjoy it here but we'll be putting that out for uh the network and then um uh, then we will be doing something as a network on new year's weekend in regard to intercession and um I pray that God will give us the exact thing 
we're supposed to do, and I know that he will. So keep that kind of, uh, keep your antenna up concerning whatever type of uh, intercessory participation we'd like to offer to you. So that'll be coming at some uh, at some point. Um, I think I'm broadcasting now, but there was a long period where I think that you couldn't hear me, and again, I apologize for that. It really makes us look like we don't have any idea what we're doing, which to some degree is true. If something goes south... If some adjustment needs to be made, we have no way of knowing up here in this wonderful booth what's happening. And, um, you know, we have, especially when there's one person up here, you're trying to speak into the mic and you're trying to also hear if something's gone wrong and then you're trying to figure out what to do about it all at the same time. I like multitasking, but especially if you don't know what you're supposed to do, that's a task that really is is difficult to juggle in the air with the other things. If I know what's supposed to happen, I can multitask that. If I can be doing one thing and notice that something is not correct, then I can fix it. But it's uh, it's always interesting. We appreciate your partnership in, in this. Um, but to sum up what I think God wants us to say among each other today, is it's this. We're asking the Lord to give us a greater degree of being able to interpret, to be able to discern scenarios, to be able to not only receive vision from him, but to be able to uh, accurately discern what he's showing. Uh, A lot of our accuracy comes from uh, reviewing after something has happened. And you can learn from that. Oh, yeah, this person saw this. This is what it meant. But it's not as easy as that because you you may get a totally different type of uh, vision encounter or insight from the Lord than the one that you just were able to, in retrospect, um, process. And so we need the anointing of the Spirit to be able to do that. Um, I'm certainly asking for it. However, that being said, there are some things, no matter how well you prepare or how much you pray, that you're going to encounter for the first time when you do what it is that you're doing. I, I'm reminded of many examples in scriptures, but the most prolific one is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And some of the terms that are used there to describe what he encountered have to do with being... Um, I don't want to say this in in on behalf of the Lord, but if it was just a person, it would be being caught off guard, being prepared, being in place, but being caught off guard, be really hit right in the face with some measure of opposition that was 
not able to be predicted before you get there. And so you have to be prepared. You have to be in prayer. You have to do everything you can to be ready. And a lot of times you will enter into a situation that's that's everything you wanted it to be. But a lot of times, no matter how much you prepare, no matter how much prayer you've uh, you've laid forth, you will encounter things that you weren't able to prepare for, no matter how much foretelling, because you're dealing with enemy assignment, you're dealing with people, and you can't predict people. You're, you, you deal with circumstances that that are just unreasonable, and you have to keep your eye and your objective focused because it's kind of like the old-time uh, captains of ships who have to stay on course to the, the best of their ability no matter what storm may be out there, no matter what doldrum may be coming upon them, no matter what uh, uh, cloud formations that block the the, the stars as they were traveling um, so that they could get their bearings. Um, you have to stay on course because... Um, I guess the objective of the Spirit is the most important thing that you can have. And if you if you set your compass to that, no matter what comes about, do you know why you're here? Do you know where you're going? Is is the most important thing. I t- I, I'm referencing something that I said that <laughs> earlier that may have not been heard, but um, we we went into London for the first time in, in ministry as saints. We went with a large team of people. We were en route to Africa, and um, the people had prayed. We'd done all-nighters. Um, there were there was an, an at least one other church involved. There were a couple other churches that were involved in in this and there was a lot of prayer going up and we were we were excited because this was our first big mission I'm going out and um, we had done at an activation around the United States prior so just stick with me this was the first Saints network type of thing we did and we got into London and it just I was frustrated as the leader. I mean, it was just nonsense. The place we were staying, I thought, was substandard. Um, and and I felt like I'd let our people down. And and um, it, it was safe, but it stunk, and it, it, just was, it just lacked amenities. And I thought, oh, gee, I, I just felt badly. So I went outside by myself. And was inside, I was fuming, and I was praying in the Spirit. And from behind me, I heard a voice saying, Do you know where you are? And I turned around, it was an old man talking to me. And he was obviously a British man. He was he was he had the British accent. He had a nice smile on his face. Uh, and, and I looked at him. 
I turned around and he said, do you know where you're going? And I said, oh, yes, I'm fine. I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I'm just out here trying to process some things that uh, need to happen. And uh, I said something to that effect. And he continued to walk, and I turned around, and I thought, who was this guy? And I turned around just to look at him and maybe even to thank him, and he wasn't there. I don't know where he was. And I thought, this old guy could not have taken any other course. There's nowhere he could have gone. He had to be right there. There's no explanation for him not being there. So immediately it came to me that this was from the Lord. This probably was an angel unaware. And what he said, do you know where you are? Do you know where you're going? And and that didn't make the rooms any better where we were staying. The place was called the Blair Victoria, and I, I nicknamed it the Blair the the Linda Blair Victoria from The Exorcist. It was there were some funny stories in retrospect uh, that could be told about this place. <laughs> and, and and the nice the one of the nicest things about it was that when we finally ended up in Africa, the place where we were staying, which was clean and it was it was it was a nice place, but it was still it was not really American. It was so much better than this place where we had stayed. And and you laugh about it now, but I think that that is a, uh, that's a lesson. Do you know where you are and do you know where you're going? Do, do you recognize the placement of the Father and what your objective is? And no matter what's going on, no matter whether things are going great in the natural or whether you feel like all heaven came down or whether it's confusing or you're facing uh, intense opposition, if you can keep that point of obedience before you, and this is not just on trips, this is just in life. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you're going? That's essential. Are you where God wants you to be? And do you have an objective of purpose that you're trying to obediently fill. And if if you can do that in prayer and not abandon course, I remember <laughs> I remember one time being with my dear brother Pastor Robert Fulton. And we went we were we were on a whirlwind tour of the city of Philadelphia. And uh, one time, maybe I'll, I'll have ask Robert to come on, and we'll talk about this. But we went into, on that particular trip, we had so many good things that happened, so many outrageously bizarre things that happened. And we went into a church, and the leadership of this church was outrageous and this woman who was the pastor nothing against women and pastors they're powerful women in pastorships but this woman was just not only eating her people alive 
but she was going back for seconds. And all the while having a guest minister there. And the, the person, I won't name any names, but the person who had brought us there had had enough of the whole situation, and this individual just got up and vamoosed. R-U-N-N-O-F-T. And Pastor Robert saw this happening, so he went out to find out what was going on. And uh, uh, it, it was just a funny story. Just a funny story. Somehow we survived that and have a funny funny tale to tell about it. But um, you you got to stay the course. I remember one time being in uh, a city in France, which will be, I won't name, but uh, we had a, a group. It was uh, Monica and Pastor Vicky and Nancy Duchamp. And, and I, we were ministering as part of this conference, and I knew that the guys that our host had also scheduled to be there were kind of wheels off. And I remember telling the, the ladies who were part of this team, I said, look, this guy that's going to minister, I don't really trust him. I didn't schedule him. He's just part of this conference. So I would encourage you, let's not sit in the front row because you don't know what's going to go on. And so for that time, usually the guests, ministers or whatever, they'll sit up front. But I I said, let's sit in the back. And we did. And still with that, I still got called up into the middle of that mess and I'm thinking, what in the world is this? Calgon, take me away. I remember we went into South Africa. Pastor Larry will remember this. It was me and Pastor Paul and Pastor Larry. And we were ministering at kind of a, a roving conference. Our hosts were some pastors from, from South Africa and from Zimbabwe. And I remember we were preaching at this place and, and another guy that they had in ministry, very nice, very intelligent man. He was a professor at a local university, nice man. But when we would speak, and we were preaching the scripture, we were talking at that point, these was a new group of pastors and leaders, we were talking about Diversities of tongues, we were talking about proskuneo, you know, the bread and butter things that God has given. And this guy would get up and basically discount everything we'd say. He did it in a kind of intellectual way, but no matter what it is we'd talk about, if this guy was next up, he would debunk it. And I I think if I remember correctly, we finally said to the host, look, don't let this guy follow us. You put him ahead of us. And because, you know, we'll bless him. We're not going to rip anything he says. But it doesn't do us any good to have come all the way from America and to preach the word and then have somebody that they knew get up and say, 
well, you know what, uh, this is very interesting, but we don't really believe this. You know, forget that it's in the scripture. I remember one time we went into India, and we were, the first time we went into, well, no, was it the first time? It was the second time we went into India. No, it was the first time we went into India. And um, this guy had set up a meeting for us on the eastern coast of India in a town called Vishkapatnam. And we were ministering at this Russian steel plant that had a large auditorium. I'm not exaggerating. This place probably seated a thousand people. This was the famous chair of cheer ministry. And we were ministering and all these guys are out there. They'd come from all kinds of hills and hamlets in Virginia, in India. Some of them may have been from Virginia. I don't know. But um, after about halfway through this series of meetings, (laughs) we found out that when we would take a break and go back to the place we were staying, the host had another guy from America who was ministering, and he had a big white beard. I saw a picture of this guy on a flyer, and I said, Paul, that that's not you, is it? It looked a lot like him, but it wasn't. He said, no, it's not me. And we found out that this guy, we were paying for the expenses of this place, but this other man was also ministering. We don't have any idea what he was saying. And we called in the guy who was the, hosting this thing. And we said, what is this? And he kind of sheepishly admitted that he had done this. It's crazy. So we went to another place with this man. And he took us to a church. And he has... Uh, something covering, kind of a cloth covering a monument of some sort. He's got all these people around, and he pulls off this covering, and he sa- it says on there, it has my name and Paul Harrison's name, and it says, we were dedicating a facility. And basically, this guy put this monument there. There was... No facility. There was this little church over on the other side, but there was no facility. And I guess he thought that if he did that, that we wealthy Americans would be shamed into actually paying for the facility. These are the kinds of things that you just, I hope we learned, but there's some things that no matter what you do, you just can't predict what you're actually going to face when you get there, especially if you've never worked with a person before. But even if you have worked with people before, and even if you have prayed, and even if you have done fivefolds, and even if the Lord has shown visions, and even if you know this is exactly what we're supposed to do, at times you don't know whether heaven's going to open immediately and it's you're just going to dance into the place with all kinds of triumph or whether you're going to face encounters of of uh, of ridiculous opposition so we're in the middle of a, a month that we're asking God for prophetic clarity we're coming into a year that 
we're hoping things open up again for travel. We, we just have to know where we are and know where we believe God is wanting us to go. And we need to stay on focus, on purpose, as long as you know that this is what God wants. And I am confident that this is what he wants. You're okay. I remember before we went into Nigeria for the first time. And honestly, as much as we love Pastor Faladin, I had lots of trepidation. There was even, there were challenging uh, intercessory battles even before we left. And when we got there, it was, it was, and I'm talking from Texas here, it was sweltering hot. They were in a drought and intense heat, uh, lack of water. God broke that while we were there. It was wonderful. But um, we went to this place that was where, the, where, where we were supposed to stay. And it it was, I'll, I'll just be real direct. I hope you don't have children there. But it was a house of ill repute. And it was called something after Hollywood. And it was awful. And I, well, no sooner did I get there, but I got a word from my home in Pennsylvania that was really challenging. And I thought, this is nonsense. This is it's hot here. It's miserable here. We're going to have to get out of this place we're staying because it's not safe. And there are other options. We were paying for it anyway. So it wasn't like our host was paying for it. If we weren't staying at somebody's house, which you would have to just grin and bear it there. But there was all kinds of opposition. On that trip, we got stopped by policemen with AK-47s, and we had to bribe our way through the traffic jam. That was Nigerian um, uh, Nigerian rush hour. <laughs> which basically consisted of policemen who knew they could stop people and get money from them. It was not a pleasant trip. Then when we flew out of there, on the way home from there, on the way to London, there were a bunch of British petroleum guys that were afraid to fly and were drunk and were creating all kinds of chaos for the British Air Flight crew, and they were sitting right behind us. When we landed, Paul and I got on a transport to take us from one terminal to another. It's still dark outside, and all of a sudden, a food supply truck comes barreling down and broadsides the... the uh, uh, the uh, Heathrow transport bus, glass is flying everywhere. People are flying out of their seats. I'm telling you, that was a trip. That was a trip. But somehow, God preserved us. <laughs> it's crazy. Even the last trip into Brazil, 
We went, you talk about a barnstorming trip. We ministered a lot in with a team in um, Sao Paulo. Then we went to Ribeiro Preto. Then we got on a flight to, Ca- to Rio to minister in Cabo Fria. And, um, but while we were in Ribeiro Preto, or before we left there, I got sick. I mean, I was sick. High fever, congestion. Um, it was it was awful. I mean, I don't remember being that ill for a long time. I, and I don't want to have that again. But yet we kept going. And I remember getting up to preach thinking, do I even have a voice? I'm not saying, oh, great me. The other members of the team were tremendous. But um, somehow we made it. And on the way back, there was commotion and there was challenge. And uh, I got this horrible breakout on my face and other parts of my extremities. And I battled that for weeks. And I know it was enemy-driven. <sighs> It's it's interesting. So in some ways, I'm saying I'm ready for us to be able to go and minister on the road again. But in other ways, I'm saying, Lord, give us uh, give us heightened measures to be able to interpret and prepare. But even with that, I know that there are some ways that you're just going to have to stand when you've done all to stand. And no matter how no matter how much prayer, no matter how much insight, there's still going to be ways that you've got to be ready for anything. So I'm just asking that the Spirit of the Lord would help us to grow in Him and to make sure we know where we are, what we're supposed to be doing, and we're clear on where we're supposed to be going. That is an angelic word. And if, if there's anything we've learned over the many years of traveling to many different places in the world, um, it's that um, God is always with us. And I, I think back, I, I, I don't think I can say that we wasted any trip. I don't think I can say that there was a trip we took and I ever thought, no, we shouldn't have gone there. I, I can look back in retrospect and say, knowing what I know now, I would have done this different and this different, but still, you'd have still been in this situation that uh, you had to overcome. So I don't know what it is that you may be facing right now. Uh, I don't know if you... Um, I don't know if you are um, encountering challenging moments. Uh, I I don't know if um, I I don't I don't know if you've been wondering, Lord, why is why am I facing this? Why is this happening to me? Um, I I just would say to you, do you, do you know? Are you sure? that you're where God wants you to be. And if so, 
Are you in communication with him? And are you willing to go where he says go to do what he says to do? Because if those two things are in place, God will be with you and you won't fail. That's just the way things are. So I'm sorry for the interruptions we had earlier. I apologize again to Monica. We tried. She tried. She's a gamer, as you well know. Um, And I'm sorry that a significant portion of this may not have been audible for you to hear. But maybe those of you who stuck it out, Uh, you will um, you will benefit something in some way from this from this broadcast. So, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your patience. Maybe this is a prophetic thing in itself. But until uh, next time, God bless you all, and goodbye. <laughs>